Meanwhile, speaking to journalists outside the ICJ, Justice Minister Ronald Lamola said Israel had failed to disprove South Africa's compelling case that was presented at the World Court. He added that self-defense is no answer to genocide as nothing could ever justify genocide. To discuss this case and the likely verdict, to come out, we joined on the line by Patrick Kadima, international law analyst from Vist University, and Anthony Fanikirk, who is a professor of international relations at the Tawambege African School of Public and International Affairs. Thank you very much uh, to you both for your time with us uh, this morning. Patrick, perhaps i start with you. Of course, uh, there's th- the discussion really is around the definition of genocide, and uh, one needs to be able to clearly show that uh, there, there is, there was, and there is intent to, in fact, uh, commit genocide. How do you think South Africa fared in terms of trying to show through the the, the numerous examples and numerous evidence-based, really, uh, uh, the, the evidence-based approach that they took in in trying to make this argument? Did they did they do a good enough job at showing that, in fact, uh, there, there is intent from um, Israel to commit genocide? <laughs> Uh, Good morning and good morning to your listeners. Um, I do think from the South African side, the team, the legal team was brilliant. Um, They were coherent. It was structured. Um, um, And, you know, through the evidence they provided, not only through that 84 pages that we we saw that was uploaded on the court's database, but um, through the 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 images that they were showing of course they did not show everything out of respect and solidarity of the palestinian people according to the legal team but um we did see that uh, at every point they tried to refer to some source you know legitimate source either united nations um uh, uh, related agencies or united nations agencies that have commented or have gone to gaza and seen the situation um, so I do think that from the point of South Africa, the, the legal team um, did deliver, um, um, uh, you know, um, uh, important points to the bench. Anthony, let me welcome you to the conversation as well. And, and perhaps ask you for your comments on the same question about how the South African team fed in making the argument and, and using evidence to show that there was, in fact, intent from Israel to commit genocide. Yeah. Good morning, Seben Zile. Uh, it's nice to be on your show again. <laughs> um, uh, although it's early, you know, we've we've heard both sides now, and it's it's possible to begin to to comprehend uh, what's at stake and how it might play out. Um, I'm not an international law expert, uh, so I'm, I'm viewing proceedings through an IR lens or a diplomacy lens, if you want, mm. uh, because it's very significant that. Um, a country of the developing world, an African country, takes a very powerful country in the Middle East with very powerful allies in the global north to court, to stand trial for an injustice. Uh, that is a very daring move by South Africa. Yeah. And people have warned that uh, down the line we'll pay a price for being so cheeky. And who are we to challenge, you know, an established uh, an important member of the global south? So for me, politically, it's very significant. And um, I was saying to my colleagues that when we run a international human rights short course at UNISA, that this must become a case, mm. uh, a case study. And I must say that I don't know what the, the court will find. Because, yes, this African case 
the South African legal team made a compelling case, in, in my view and in the view of many who followed the proceedings, uh, and I think they were persuasive. Uh, but the Israeli team were also quite slick in their presentation, mm. very sophisticated, and they made a couple of troubling points, which I think the judges will have to look at very carefully, that sort of will diminish the South African case. Um, maybe one of your questions, follow-up questions will be what the Israelis actually said. So I think, yes, on balance, we have a case. Um, the Israelis have a case to answer. Let me put it like that. But whether the court will find in favor of the Serafian request for those interim measures for the war to stop and for other activities to take place, humanitarian support and aid and so on, I still don't know if that's going to happen very easily. But, 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 and we'll get to that in, in just a moment. Perhaps I speak a bit about um, the, the the very bold move, really, by South Africa for for us to to lead this charge. I think questions have been, well, why why didn't uh, um, the, the the Arab world, for example, um, lead, lead this charge or any of the of the other players? What do you think it yeah. is? Is is it really just uh, you know everybody thinking about about their own interests, fearing powerful players? And if that is the case. What what are we betting on? <laughs> betting on here that of co- of course we know yeah. our you know for for the longest time uh, um, we we we've declared and pledged our solidarity with with Palestinians the similarities with what with our own um, apartheid and so on so it's a, it's, it's one that that I think we, we've stuck to for a while. But in terms of uh, what the future looks like going forward, our relationships um, with with these powerful players, what 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 are we what are we betting on here? Yeah. I, 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 when I listen to you, I think you're a realist in terms of international relations. <laughs> um, <laughs> a, a realist, uh, I'm also one, uh, a realist says, let us understand the dynamics in international relations uh, through a lens that says states look after their own interests. They're quite selfish. They will project power if they can. They will protect themselves if they can. They'll pretend to participate in international conventions, you know, uh, uh, idealistically. But when, when your security is threatened, you will do everything you can to maintain your sovereignty and your, and your self-preservation. And Israel is doing that. Um, uh, uh, the, the neighbors in the region, uh, let's say the Arab League, for example, uh, should perhaps have taken the first step in, in addressing what, in my view, is an unfolding genocide in the Gaza. Uh, but it didn't. And I think the reason for that is that uh, there's a complex interplay of power and influence in the Middle East. Uh, and neighbors have lots to lose if they rub Israel and its most important ally, which is the Americans, mm. up the wrong way. They have lots to lose. There's there's the question of energy security, uh, uh, hard security, as we see play out in uh, in the Red Sea with the Houthis in Yemen at the moment. So if you if you um, poke the bear, so to speak, uh, it might hit back and you might be hurt. South Africa is far away from this um, uh, unfolding drama in the Middle East. But South Africa has a voice and has become much more confident after the very successful BRICS um, summit last year here in in South Africa. And with the BRICS expansion, this alliance to which we belong and which uh, uh, we take very serious has found a voice in the affairs, international affairs. And I think President Ramaphosa, despite all the critique 
of him being weak at home has found the confidence to speak uh, on behalf of Africa mm. in international um, arrangements. And, and I think what has happened here, the team was sent to the International Court of Justice to say, as Africans, we represent a very strong voice of the global yeah. South and we represent the Palestinian cause. So here we are. Yeah, yeah. Morning, I've been following the trial uh, proceedings at at the Hague. Um, South Africa did present a good case and it shows the evidence, but the counter by Israel it was a little bit stronger and there was a presentation of the evidence, the statements from Benjamin Netanyahu and those soldiers, what they are commenting is not the reflection of the cabinet decision from the cabinet. So it will be, be a 50-50, really. It will be a 50-50. Um, it can go either way. With 200 black children, South African black children, starving to death in our country every month, with the highest stunted growth rate in the world, with 70 murders and rapes a day, the highest GDP figures in the world, wrapped up with massive unemployment. I so wish our president would come and practice some human relations in our own country and look after his people first before he gets in wars, involved in wars elsewhere he doesn't understand, Mike Newlands. Thanks for those uh, comments. I'm still um, joined by Patrick Kadima and Anthony Fanico. Patrick, I'll come back uh, to you. Just coming back to, to you know, I- Israel's argument yesterday, um, unsurprising that they focused heavily on uh, the events of uh, the 7th of October when Hamas attacked, um, attacked Israel. 1,200 people were killed after that attack. But just given how much time they spent um, on that, one, in fact, would have thought that Hamas was, was really being you know, the, the one accused of genocide here. One could have easily forgotten uh, momentarily that uh, over the last three months now, 20 more than, in fact, 23,000 people have since since been killed, m- mostly babies, um, children, um, vulnerable people here, and also the support uh, from um, UN, UN agencies who've, in fact, uh, have spoken extensively about the humanitarian crisis in Gaza. But yesterday you heard Israel talking about all of the, their, uh, you know, you, you know, their efforts and their humanitarian aid project. Surely the, the these two things are incomparable. What, what we, you know, what transpired on the seventh, and then what transpired over over the last three months, Patrick. How do you think both sides were able to 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 show that? Um, uh, first of all, I, I just yeah, I want to say that I've been seeing probably comments saying, you know. Um, you know, they wasted time, or one hour, 30 minutes. Uh, Malcolm Shaw spoke on things, did not attend to issues of self-defense and so on and so forth. But if one carefully listened to the presentation that Israel gave, you know, obviously they, on substance, they were, they realized they were on the back foot and, you know, um, they ended up using technicalities, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, 
that's where they brought in Malcolm Shaw. You know, Malcolm Shaw on a professional basis. Mm. He's a very brilliant international uh, uh, law professor. We know him uh, yeah. to be authoritative, you know, in the same league as uh, Prof. Dugard, yeah. you know. And, um, you know, uh, so when they started speaking on technicalities, you know, that's when I saw that uh, here then, you know, uh, it's not on. It's not going to be a a win, you know, a, a a complete win for 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 South Africa in terms of the case because then they've brought in certain technicalities which might bring which might sway the court, you know, mm. um, to go on the other side. And you know, sometimes it's 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 the technicalities that changes everything. You know, it's the procedure that changes everything in a court. You know, that sways the 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 the, the bench. You know, um, to come to a certain decision. So. I think yeah, on substance, the the Israel the, the Israeli legal team, you know, I think they knew that okay, here we are behind. There's only one way we are going to go with this. It's on technicalities. Yeah. It's on as one of the callers also said, um, on um, you know, mentioning the speeches that it was not part of cabinet. It was individuals mentioning these statements. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's not the view of the government and so on and so forth. In, so, in, in your view, Patrick, yeah. what was there enough though to to get uh, the the provisional injunction? Because ultimately, what won't that really be the win? Because it just means, you know, it's a it's a question of saying stop now, even though the question of genocide can then be answered years later as to whether or not it was in fact genocide. But really, yeah. the the win would be that uh, uh, the, the the bombardment yeah. of Gaza would stop would stop now or immediately, if you will. I, you know, to be honest, I, I think from a legal perspective, I think the court. You know, and looking at, uh, we'll try to. It's important first of all for us to measure our expectations, and I think the court. Um, it's. I don't think the court will grant uh, South Africa. A, um, you know, one of its provisional, one of the provisional measures it requires, which is a blanket, uh, and full ceasefire. You yeah. know, um, because if it does that, the court still has to 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 to. To deal with the issue of um, the reality that uh, Hamas still operates in Gaza, and you know, and it's not subject to the court itself. So I do think we need to measure our expectations. I think the court, to be honest with with you, my my bet is the court will come out. It will strike a balance in its judgment, and both sides will feel defeated. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, that's what it will do, and that that's my that's my that's my honest guess. P- Patrick, thanks, Anthony. In in thirty seconds, will will we end up on the right side of of history, regardless of the outcome of of uh, the, the the matters in the ICJ? <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, it's a sobering discussion. Uh, I I still have hope that the ju- that the judges will will give leniency to our to our plea. Um, uh, Mike from Newlands, I think, said, why should Cyril Ramaphosa become involved in wars that he doesn't understand? I mean, what an astonishing statement to make on air. Uh, South Africa has gone to the court precisely to stop war and has take, undertaken a peace mission uh, to Ukraine and to Russia precisely to stop the war. Mm. So I think uh, uh, South Africa's foreign policy is driven by this desire yep. to make peace and not to promote war. And I think this is how we will be judged. And that and that's where we'll park it uh, this morning. Thank you very much to you both, Patrick Kadima and Anthony Fanikuk.